As I talk to young couples today, one of the most common complaints I hear from some people is, we just don't seem to be getting along so well. Or why is it we argue so much? Or why do we fight so much in our family? We love each other. Why is it we have major blow-ups over minor issues? Well, James wants to talk to us about that this morning. James gives to us both the causes and the cures. James gives us the reasons and the remedies. So please take out your sermon notes that have been prepared for you today. In order that you may get the most from this sermon this morning, right here at the start, I want you to think. Think of the person who causes you the most conflict in life. Don't look at them. Don't no elbows. No dirty glances across the church. Just think. Just think of that person. Then you'll get the most out of the message. James tells us how to avoid arguments with them. So James, long before psychology was around, he gets right to the point. We look at James 4, verses 1 to 4. He asks, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires? I don't like the word desires there. Desires that battle within you. You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? And anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So James says that what causes arguments is your conflicting desires. Conflicting desires is what causes arguments. In your notes, in other words, when, when my wants conflict with your wants, then sparks fly. And that really makes sense. After church today, your husband wants to turn the TV on and watch some baseball game. Wife goes home and wants to catch up on some chores around the house or in the yard. The kids want to have their friends over. Immediately, you have conflict and desires. It's a setup for argument. Marriage has built-in conditions for conflict. Think about the things that you expected about your spouse before you got married. And really how unrealistic you were. Men, you thought their wife was going to be meeting them at the door each evening with a refreshing beverage and supper ready. Wives think that every day he will bring home a rose for me. And he will do the dishes together. All marriages go through three stages, and you know it's stage one is the happy honeymoon. You remember that? Stage two is the party is over. And stage three is let's make a deal. And it's at stage three that you must learn how to handle arguments. They're going to be conflicting desires. So James says, and you know, it's frustrated feelings cause fights. Now, exactly what frustrated feelings cause fights? James states, there are basically just three causes. Basically, there are three desires that you and I have. They really do cause arguments. So number one in your notes, the first desire is the desire to have. 
The desire to have is when we want to have things. It's materialism. We want possessions. We like to own things. We collect things. Look at James 4, verse 2. Please read it with me together out loud. You want what you do not have. You long for what others have and can't afford it. So you start a fight to take it away from them. See, God created things. But he created things to be used and to be enjoyed. So when you notice the Bible says we are to use things. And we are to love what? People. Use things and love people. But the problem happens when we start, and you notes, when we start loving things. And then we end up using people to get them. We're living backwards. We love things in our materialistic culture. And then we tend to use people to get them. We manipulate people. We try to control them to get what you want. Because things are so important in our life. It's so easy, though, to fall in love with things. Commercials on TV. If I could just buy such and such, then I would be happy. If I could just buy the kitchen magician with his ginger, ginger knives for 1995. And wait a moment. Call this number right now and you get something else in addition. Then you'd be happy. And do you get catalogs in the mail? The flyers fall out of your daily newspaper. They put pictures in front of you to create a desire. Yes, a desire to have. James says the desire to have creates conflict. You want things, but you don't get them. In fact, Gallup says that 56% of all divorces do so over money problems. I want it even though I can't afford it. And about the time you catch up with the Joneses, they refinance. Number one, the desire to have causes arguments. Number two in your notes, the second desire to cause conflicts is the desire to feel. I want to feel good. This is the desire for pleasure. I just want to be comfortable. I want to have my, my senses satisfied. Look at James 4, verse 3. You want only what will give you pleasure. Now, it's not wrong to enjoy life. Look at 1 Timothy 6. God gives us everything, what? For our enjoyment. But when pleasure becomes number one goal in our lives, getting pleasure and being happy, if we feel good, you do it. When your model is if it feels good, do it, and you know that only leads to conflict. When my pleasure takes over the time when I have responsibility to others, that leads to conflict and trouble. When the husband comes home at night and he's tired and beat and worn out, he just wants to sit in front of the TV and pick up a newspaper and vegetate. Maybe the wife is home with the kids and she has a real need for adult conversation and stimulation. The last thing the husband wants to do is talk. The last thing the wife wants to do is vegetate. And you know, the problem is by nature we are more interested in our own comforts. The fact is, I'm more interested in my own comfort than I am in yours. So all I I am thinking about is what makes me feel good then. Number one, the desire to have causes arguments. Number two, the desire to feel good causes conflict. Number three, in your notes, the third desire to cause conflict. James says, the desire to be. This is the desire to be, and you know, like Frank Sinatra in the song says, I did it my way. That equals, in your notes, pride, that self-centeredness. 
and your nose that equals popularity, which is the need to stand out from the crowd. And thirdly, the power, which is the need to get on top and rule and be the big shot. So we have pride and popularity and power, the desire for me first. And you notice this generation has been called me generation, which means like a little kid where you say, watch me, daddy, watch me. Watch me, everybody, by the way I dress. Watch me by the kind of clothes I buy. Watch me by the car that I drive. Watch me by the kinds of things I decorate my house with. It's the desire to impress and to be full of pride, be number one. Just look at Proverbs 13, verse 10 on the back here. Notice, pride leads to one. Arguments, it's so simple. As kids, we would want to say uncle. We would not want to say uncle. We never say I give up in that game. It's because of our pride. We just do not, do not want to give in. So James tells us that pride causes two problems in your own spiritually. When we have it as pride, we, number one, we, don't, we do not pray. Human pride doesn't look to God. We look to people to fill our needs and not to God. God says that we need, he wants to meet all of our needs, and we need to ask him in prayer. And number two, when we do not pray, and when we do pray, James says, we just have wrong motives. We ask for things for in a selfish way. The Bible says that God promises to meet all our needs and to provide for us. But look at James 4, verse 6. See, God opposes the proud. I want you to circle that word opposes, but gives grace to the humble. So James tells us that pride not only causes conflict with others, it actually causes a conflict with God. And God opposes, and you notice that's what it means to declare war. So God declares war on our selfishness. God declares war, our self-centeredness. Have you noticed in your notes, God has a kind of a unique way to use circumstances in our lives to pop our human pride? God uses circumstances and puts us often in our place. The fact is, to be in opposition to God is always a dangerous place to be. Now, if pride is the cause of arguments, then what's the cure? Well, look at James 4, verse 6. God gives grace, what? To the humble. So when you notice the cure for all conflict and arguments is humility. It's humility. Humble yourself before the Lord. And what is grace? Grace, in your notes, is the power to change. Whatever you need to change about your life, but you need God's grace and God's power to do it. Whatever you want to change about your marriage, your family, your life, you need God's grace and God's power to do it. And the only way to get peace is to humble yourself before the Lord. James says, gives us three cures then. Three cures for arguments. Step number one to defuse an argument is give in to God. You need to give in to God. Look at James 4, verse 7. Please read it with me together out loud. Submit yourselves to God. The first thing you must do, according to James, is give in to God. You must let God be God in your life. Put God first. Yield to God. Stop trying to run your own lives. James is saying that the reason we have arguments is because we have conflicts on the inside. James says that you do not get along with other people. Because you have a civil war within, within you, and it's a war with God. That's the real issue. And you notice you must have peace on the inside before you can ever have peace on the outside. Conflict is about who's in charge. 
If you think that you're in charge, then when someone comes along and things don't go the way you want it to go, then you get uptight and you get irritable. You get upset. But if God is in charge, then you're not so irritated. It's not about you. Look at Colossians 3.15. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. Paul is saying that when we have peace and forgiveness of Christ in our hearts, then we're going to have peace with other people. And without the peace of Christ, we become manipulating and we become controlling of others in order to get what we want. So the first cure for arguments, give in to God. Step two in your notes. Then you get wise to Satan. Number one, you give in to God. But number two, you get wise to Satan. Realize what Satan is doing. Don't be ignorant about where the conflict is actually coming from. Look at James 4, verse 7. He says, resist the devil, and he will run away from you. Circle that word resist. The term resist in the Greek, in your notes, is war terminology. It means that you be ready, be prepared, withstand an attack. You need to know right up front, the devil wants to destroy. He wants to destroy your marriage. The devil wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy every good relationship that you have. The devil loves arguments. The devil wants to cause confusion, stress, disappointment, hurt feelings. You must give in to God, but you must also resist the devil. Someone said that if you get up in the morning and you know it's and you don't run head-on with the devil, it means that you're probably going in the same direction. So you wise up to the devil's tactics, and the devil preys on our pride. He uses our wounded pride when we are arguing. He says, you don't have to take that kind of stuff. Retaliate. The devil says, who do they think they are? Get even. Don't put up with that kind of stuff. That's the devil's tactics. That's our pride. It wants to hear so you resist the devil by using, by studying, and by memorizing God's word. And that's what Jesus did when he was tempted by the devil. And that's what we need to do. God's word helps me to think of other persons' needs and their desires. Number one, give in to God. Number two, resist Satan. And in your notes, know, step number three. To diffuse an argument is to grow closer to God. You grow closer to God by prayer, by reading your Bible, by going to church weekly, by being involved in a Bible study. All these things help you to grow closer to God. Look at James 4, verse 8. James says, you come near to God, and he will come near to you. I've made an amazing discovery. In your notes, the more time you spend alone with God, the better you get along with other people. Count on it. The more time you spend in God's Word, the better you get along with other people. You see, when the argument level is high, it means that somebody is not spending time with God. It's just that simple. Some people come to God in your notes only in times of trouble. They come only in times of trouble. They like being in a foxhole. Please, God, get me out of this, then I'll serve you. And they pray to God only when they have a need. So you start reading your Bibles in your notes. Start reading 15 minutes per day. People, you know, who don't have time to do that for drawing closer to God are just too busy with the wrong things. So you must spend more time with God 
so that you can get along better with other people in your family, in your marriage, at work. See, the conflict and arguments in your life are in direct proportion to the amount of time you're spending with God. So in conclusion, we ask for forgiveness. Look at James 4, verses 8 to 10. James says, wash your hands. Purify your hearts. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Hands here stand for all of our actions, activity. Heart stands for our attitudes. And if you want to stop conflict in your life, then learn to ask for forgiveness from God and from those who you have hurt. Now, going back, remember that person I asked you to think about that gives you the most conflict? Which of these desires do you find causes the most conflict in your life? Is it number one, the desire to have? You're so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. Your relationships are falling apart. Or is it number two, the desire to feel? I want to feel good, what's right for me. You know, I have my rights. The devil loves to hear that. Or is it number three, the desire to be? Do you find it difficult to admit when you're wrong. Your schedule keeps you from drawing closer to God. So take the first step. Humble yourself before God. And God will what? Make you miserable? No. What will God do? Will he rub it in? No. You humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. So number one, give in to God. Number two, get wise to Satan. And number three, draw closer to God. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.